0: Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey Podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I want you to start off by placing yourself in this scenario. Your boss calls you into his office and announces he's giving you a raise, but not just any raise. Today, he's multiplying your salary by 20. What would you do? While the portion of scripture we're looking at today is contextually speaking to Jewish people— There are plenty of application points for those listening who aren't Jewish. Today, as I look at the passage, I am reminded of how easy it is for me to look at the blessings others have as an injustice to me, that they have the things that I want, hoped for, or even sometimes prayed for. But in doing this, I fail to make the most of the opportunities that are right in front of me, and this idea is exactly what Matthew 25 verses 14 through 30 talk about. It's important for us to recognize the context of this passage. Jesus is speaking of Jews living in the end times, not Christians today living in the church age. Though, as we'll see, the truth of this passage is applicable to us. You'll notice the parable of the talents begins with the word for, F-O-R, in verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants. Immediately, we must ask, what is the subject that It, for it, will be like, what is it referring to? What will be like a man going on a journey? The first step to understanding the context of this passage is to look at the verses that came before the one in question. The parable of the ten virgins, right before the passage we're looking at today, ends with those who didn't have oil for their lamps coming to the Lord and asking to be let in. So when the parable we're looking at begins, in verse 14, with the word for— We're left to connect it back to whatever was said prior. Jesus was explaining, and I'm going to paraphrase, you won't know when I'm coming back. And there will be people who think they know me, but they don't. If we look at the surrounding passages even more, we zoom out and find that this parable is part of what's called the Olivet Discourse teachings given by Jesus on the Mount of Olives concerning the end times, but more specifically, the end times in relation to God's plan specifically for Israel. And when we're reading about God's plan for Israel, in this passage, we come across the word talent. A talent, it's simply a word that means a unit of exchange. And we're looking at one talent being worth 16 and a half to 20 years wages, which means five talents would likely amount to more money than a working man could, on his own, earn in a lifetime. And if you haven't gotten to read today's chapter— The story goes like this. You've got a man going on a journey, and he's got three servants. He leaves, and one servant gets five talents, one gets two, and the third servant gets one. But remember, one talent is worth approximately 20 years of wages. I mean, think about how much you make per year. And again, multiply that by 20. The guy who got the fewest talents, that's how much he got handed in one day. And the point is this. Everyone got a lot. The master was generous. The servant who got five talents got to work, and he doubled that which was originally given to him. The servant who got two, he did the same, doubled it. But then we have the third servant, who digs a hole and buries his one talent. After studying this passage, I found that culturally, this act of burying the talent meant that he really valued safety more than anything else. Think of it like this. Instead of investing his money or putting it in a savings account where it would at least accrue some interest, he put it in a safe in the back of his closet. When the master returned, he said, well done, good and faithful servant, to the first two. But upon return, the third servant, knowing his money was in the safe in the back of his closet the whole time, approached his master with excuses. I know you to be a hard man, he began, which was basically his way of saying If I did well, you wouldn't have shared the rewards with me. But if I lost your money, you'd punish me severely. So, uh, I, uh, here it is. And immediately, I just had to ask, did this servant really know the master? Because when I think about the generosity of the master, I would have trouble believing he'd be so harsh. Does that level of harshness sound like it would mark such a benevolent master? I mean, the idea of entrusting such great wealth with one's servants, that's insane. Ultimately, the master takes his talent and gives it to the one who'd accumulated 10 and tells him, not well done, good and faithful, but instead cast him into the outer darkness. Verse 30, in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that does seem harsh, but remember, parables are stories that illustrate spiritual truth. The weeping and gnashing of teeth reference in verse 30 tells me that this servant represents the unbeliever. I had that suspicion when it seemed like he didn't really know the master. Elsewhere in the New Testament, when we see that phrase, it's speaking to the fate of the non-believer. The servant wasn't punished because he didn't work hard enough. He wasn't punished because he didn't do enough or because the master was unfair. His actions show us that he didn't know him. He didn't believe his master was good, that he was giving, that he was benevolent. We see it through his decisions. I'm going to hide what's been given to me because I'm afraid. When I talk to my master, I've got to justify myself because I'm afraid. Verse 25, he even said, So I was afraid. Driven by fear, a failure to actually know the master, this servant was afraid and it became all about him. So I was afraid. There will be those who stand before God and come up with excuses to justify why they didn't live for him. Remember, the first parable, the ten virgins, was about spiritual preparation, whereas this one's, there will be those who stand before God and come up with excuses to justify why they didn't live for Him. But when we know the King, we live differently. What's more is that God gives us gifts, resources, literal talents, skills, abilities to steward to use for His glory. One commentator said that although the slaves represent Jews living during the end times, it's applicable to us. He says, Christians in the church age will have unparalleled opportunities to serve Jesus. The opportunity to herald the gospel to the ends of the earth will be one of these great privileges. Many disciples then will probably have the opportunity to present the gospel to thousands and perhaps millions of individuals using the technology of their day. I mean, if only that commentator knew what was coming. I don't know how you're stewarding what God's given you, but I'm grateful we can help each other become better stewards. So I'm really glad we're on this journey together. Hey, we wanna thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.